good day, everybody, and welcome to F- Football Unfocused, the magnificent uh, football podcast uh, produced by myself, Mark, and my good friend, Matthew. Say hello, Matthew. Hello, Mark. Good. Right. Yeah, let, 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 let's crack on because I, I, I don't want any... I don't want to give you any opportunities to kind of cut dead air, because as you know, Matt, a dead air is a crime. Um, Matt, what's your favourite tinned item? Um, I think my favourite is probably when you you open it up and it's like snakes. <laughs> what? Not, you know, like as in a joke. What? So, hold on. What the fuck does that mean? So you're, hold on, are you talking about one of them things that, like, you open up a tin and all, like, funny stuff pops up? So you could have said anything there. All funny stuff. Yeah. So that's your favourite tinned item. What's All the food stuff you could have mentioned. Oh, right. Well, soup. You know I I like soup. Yeah, but you've not said that now. You said funny stuff like snakes. (laughs) That'd be handy in a nuclear apocalypse, wouldn't it? Oh, I could have got <laughs> Joe. I, I could have. I could have got five hundred cans of Heinz cream of tomato. No, no, I've got this fucking. This will make you laugh. It's good for morale. Yeah, yeah. good, good. Right, that's a ridiculous answer number one. Question two, Matt. Do you wear slippers? Uh, yes. Ooh. They're they're like um high boots. <laughs> not high, not knee high, but they're you know higher than the ankle. <laughs> if you. <laughs> What? Well, you know, slipper boots. I mean, no. Do you mean like Ugg type things? Yeah, 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 the Ugg type things. It's interesting, Matt, because you're very much a, a, a lover of the flip-flop. And I suspected you were going to mm. say no to the slipper thing. Um, so that's that's really changed my view of you. Oh, right. Okay, thank you. So, a, so a supplementary question. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Uh, so, supplementary question. Um, do you own and wear a dressing gown? Uh, no to both. Well, yeah. I mean, no would lead to the second no, but no well, you could both. own one and just I could wear somebody else's, I suppose. But, yeah, but so no, I don't. You don't wear a dressing gown. <laughs> right, I'm just jotting down here. I'm going to ask you some more questions about your <laughs> God, sleeping, sleeping, down. sleeping arrangements next week. Uh, we'll come to that. That'll that'll get them uh, tuning in next week. And final question, Matthew. Oh, you're writing them down for for um. You mean continuity errors? Continuity. How can you have continuity? How can I possibly have continuity errors with random questions that I'm asking you about (laughs) slippers? You (laughs) fucking idiot. Uh, I'm writing them down so I don't forget to pick up, although I guess I could remind myself by listening back to this shit when you release it. Um, (laughs) I'll uh, save myself half hour and just look at the notes. (laughs) uh, Third question and final question for this week. Matt, Matthew, do you have any cash on you? What now? Yes. No. Mm. Interesting. No cash. <laughs> so we've established now, Matthew, that you yeah. uh, you don't have any cash on you, that you do wear slippers, but not a dressing gown, interestingly, and your favourite tinned item is uh, funny stuff that bursts out of tins. Uh, <laughs> bizarre. A typically eclectic set of answers there. More of this, <laughs> yeah. more of this next week. Uh, before we get cracking on our golden football content, I would just like to uh, flag up that we are actually, believe it or not, uh, part of the uh, Twitter sphere, the Twitterverse, whatever the kids fucking call it. You I don't think kids even use Twitter. No, we've got a football-unfocused Twitter 
account, which currently has zero followers. And I, 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 I tweeted. You I tweeted tweet, something. I tweeted something last week saying we've got a new episode coming out. Oh, my but, God. But, but, the, but the thing is, Matt, what's the point in tweeting something when no fucker is following us? So if, if anyone's listening to this and wants to follow us, our Twitter account is FU Unfocused. So the letters F and then the word yeah. unfocused with a capital U. And you'll note that the word unfocused is spelled correctly. F-O-C-U-S-E-D with one S. Not the two that appear in our ludicrous logo. Uh, so, yeah, follow us on Twitter. Maybe I might start just knocking out some thoughts randomly. And, and I'm going to... I'm going to make a point uh, at some. F- well, yeah, yeah. You unfocused. Oh, yes, basically the word unfocused with a oh, letter yeah. F at the beginning of it. That's quite clever. You've made it. It's almost like you know, football united. Yeah, or fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so I'm hitting both crowd sets. You can either take the positive side. It could be football united, or take it as a you know a bit of an edgy insult. Oh, fuck yeah, you. Yeah. Unfocused. Yeah, yeah. I thought um, I thought for a moment there I was like, oh, Gary Lineker's retweeted something we've done, but actually, no, that's I me retweeting. How... Yeah, that's me retweeting Gary Lineker to our zero followers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you could be. I'm assuming you've now just followed your own um, podcast, but oh, outside yeah, of you, outside of you, uh, it would be nice to see that we could get a follower or two. Uh, uh, over time um, so yeah and if you're listening to this or if you ever do this to tell all your friends because I mean if you think this podcast is good you wait until you see the stuff I'm going to be churning out on Twitter it really will be uh, it will be absolute gold um, <laughs> and the other thing I've, I've started following um, this afternoon Maro Itoje who, um, who oh uh, yeah because Maro Itoje I don't know when he realised um, plays up front for uh, <laughs> England <laughs> And Manchester United. Um, he's one hell of a footballer, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, had, I had a Zoom call with him. Or was it yeah. Marcus Rashford? I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, he's quite big for a footballer, but I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. <laughs> I wasn't listening to him anyway. So uh, I just I just palmed him off with some, yeah, yeah, gave you. And then, and then I told my friends at the, what was it, Evening Standard? It was the Evening Standard, wasn't it? Oh, but, was I, it? but I got on tremendously well with Marcus Rashford. Um, before realising that I got completely the wrong guy. Just in case anybody takes any of that out of context, I am, of course, referring uh, to the Secretary of State for Education, Gavin Williamson, who uh, proudly boasted about a, uh, a Zoom meeting he had with Marcus Rashford, and it later turned out he'd never met Marcus Rashford in any context, and he was, in fact, talking about the rugby player, Maro Toje, who has tweeted brilliantly this afternoon that he just wants to confirm to the world that he is not Marcus Rashford. Uh, <laughs> But, but the most ridiculous thing out of this entire scenario is that Gavin Williamson, without a doubt, will remain in his uh, post uh, for the foreseeable future. And that is the world we're living in. Incompetence reigns and actions have no consequence. And on that note, Matt, let's start talking... It does talking... well for this podcast. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Matt, what have you noticed uh, watching football this week? I know that you've, you've obviously been uh, you know, voraciously... Um, consuming the international football and the news um, that's been popping up. You know, what's your, what's really got the cogs uh, turning? Um, so I was chatting to my mum. I was chatting to my mum on Sunday. <laughs> desperately and, uh, trying to think of something. 
Yeah, and she goes, "Oh, you know, I was, I was glad um, the football, you know, England did well." And I was thinking, "Yeah, yeah, I know that England played." She said, "Oh, it's, I was pleased that Saka scored after obviously what happened in the final of the Euros." And I said, "Oh, yeah, um, but yeah, there was a bit of abuse in Hungary though as a result." And she goes, "Oh no, it wasn't against <laughs> Hungary, Matt. It was. I can't actually remember who we played second match." Well, so it was Al- you, Algeria. You, so your mum. I mean, yeah, just look, just look, completely. Sorry, like... I'm just gonna, I'm just going to stop you there. Algeria. We, we are currently, uh, as in we being England, are currently playing qualifiers in our European because we are an, a European nation, despite the uh, what well, the Brexiteers might like to think. We are still a European nation. That, that's just geography. It's not political. <laughs> it's just a geographic fact, uh, and therefore play qualifiers against other European nations. Now, Matt, I mean, you know, I'm. I'm trying to be a bit more relaxed about detail, but which continent is Algeria in? <laughs> yeah, but that's like, well, which continent's Russia in? Well, that's completely different, isn't it? You know that Russia plays in Europe because a a relatively significant portion of it, including its capital and its second biggest city, fall within the European border. What yeah. percentage of Algeria falls within the European border? Mm, I don't know, less than 10 Maybe. Yeah, definitely less, <laughs> less than definitely less than uh, zero. Uh, yeah. So good. So definitely wasn't what? Algeria. Isn't Algeria uh, like the, the the biggest country Andorra? in the continent of Africa? Oh, is it in North Africa? Did you just you just said Andorra? I noticed there. Uh, have you just quickly googled that? No, was it Andorra? It was Andorra. Yeah. Oh my fucking days! Brilliant. Well done. Yeah, but anyway. My man, mom... pa- man pats himself on the back for getting a team right. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So your mum uh, said, so she basically had to correct me. Yeah, yeah, she had yeah. to correct me because um, I didn't know what I was talking about. Good. So that that was your observation anyway, Matt, about football over the last uh, week. You've, and... you've, you noticed that Saka scored against Algeria. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just to make sure you can't and, cut that bit out. Yeah, keep yeah. Referring to that. <laughs> and and one other, uh, and the women's super league started. I think right. it started. Yeah, kicked off. You think it started? So you didn't exactly did. watch it then, did you? Uh, I saw some of the results coming in, mm. but I can't recall any of them. What's your man, What's your point about that? Are you just stating it as a fact, or do you think that there's something positive to say? About something it? I noticed. Good, but well, it is good actually that that um, kind of top division football, women's football, is now being shown live on Sky and live on BBC TV, terrestrial mm. TV. Because other than a, yeah. a couple of kind of exceptions under the extreme circumstances of the pandemic, there's been no live football on terrestrial TV, league football for about 30 years. Um, mm. Whereas I think it's quite a big deal for, it's a big step for the women's game now to, the, you know, the opportunity to, for those players to kind of become household names. Mm. And trouble is, it's difficult sometimes, you know, I was, I was kind of about to make a point, uh, a positive point about the quality of women's football. And it sounds almost like you've been patronising because why wouldn't it be brilliant? Um, but, but it genuinely is. And I mean, like with all sincerity, like, you know, the, I think the days of, kind of looking at it and thinking, um, it, if you're going to judge women's football by saying, right, well, look at that compared to, like I don't know, like the Champions League final in men's football, it's, it's an it's a absolutely pointless and wrong-headed endeavour to look at it like that. 
what I like about women's football is a couple of things. Firstly, that it is mostly kind of um, based upon um, skill and technique as opposed to kind of physical prowess. So you get a lot of really clever uh, technical players. Uh, And also, I don't know whether you've ever noticed this, Matt, but you get very little um, of the sort of nonsense and histrionics. Players who have fouled tend to go down on the hole and just get straight back up, whether or not they've kind of won the free kick or not. You don't get the same level of um, harassment of the referee. It's just really good to watch. I think it sets a really positive example. And if that's the football that um, kind of kids are coming out of school and watching at the weekend now and to build up kind of aspiration in terms of role models, then I think that's absolutely um, fantastic. It's brilliant. I hope you'll be watching it, Matt. Well, I'll watch it just as much as all the other four football that's on the turn. <laughs> yeah. so, so, so no then. <laughs> have you seen, here's, here's something that has cropped up, have you seen that uh, Arsene Wenger in his new new role as some sort of um, some sort of FIFA gimp um, has been conducting or has been heading a feasibility study on whether the World Cup could be played every two years rather than every four years? You haven't seen that? Yeah. <laughs> seems surprised. No. Yeah, you haven't. Great. <laughs> well, there's a lot to be said about that. And a lot of it, to be honest, it's kind of pointless banging on about it because everyone will make the same point. Um, but it, I know it's really obvious, but the World Cup is only as popular as it is because of its rarity. Happening once every four years, if you make anything more regular, it it immediately devalues it. It would be exactly the same if the Olympics happened every two years if the European Championships happened every two years and I wouldn't mind but the reasons for doing it are nothing to do with football it's all to do with FIFA trying to generate even more profit they're they're a hugely profitable organisation anyway but they're trying to put their tanks on the lawn of UEFA they hate the success of uh, the Champions League and the European Championship and they want to do whatever they can to kind of undermine that Um, I also think it's Possibly as well. I mean, let's face it, it's driven by money and it's driven by kind of, you know, modern day um, kind of marketing uh, expectations and, 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 and targets and all that sort of stuff. But I think also the kind of the, the personality driven kind of modern day cult of the superstar has a part to play in this. And I think there's such an obsession now with um, having elite players um, facing off against each other uh, on a regular basis that I think FIFA want to ensure that um, I'm going to, I'm going to make an in joke based on last week's uh, last week's podcast, but your Messi's, your Ronaldo's, your, your Lewandowski's, your Griezmann's, your Mbappe's uh, are playing against each other as often as possible. Um, but it's completely unnecessary. It is, it is, no, it's pointless. It's potentially damaging to football. It's damaging to the physical and mental health of players who already don't get a, anywhere near as much uh, rest as they require. And at some point, there will be a you know there will be a breaking point. Um, and it just it wouldn't work within the existing calendar. It's bad enough that they've already kind of fucked up everyone's uh, 2022 by choosing a completely inappropriate location for a World Cup based on it taking place in the summer and then revealing a 
it's sort of a year and a half later, sheepishly, that, oh, yeah, this is now going to have to happen at Christmas, which has you know, never happened before. So they've already kind of undermined the integrity of the, the tournament by, by doing that and all the, the kind of unpleasantness that kind of goes around that um, bid being successful. But to make it every two years, I, I hope it will fail. I think the UEFA have already kind of said um, that they would never support it under any circumstances. It's difficult to see how it could happen if UEFA refused to play ball because most of the kind of money and the power um, lies within Europe. And I guess they could play the ultimate um, Trump card and say, well, our, our um, federations just wouldn't um, participate. However, um, I believe in the uh, in the beginning of the set blatter era, the one country, one vote justifiably um, rule was was brought in, which now means that the actual, in terms of, you know, voting capabilities, it doesn't uh, lie in Europe. You know, it lies across the rest of the globe. So there is a chance that if this ever got to a voting stage that it might happen, but it would ruin football. And it's one of those things that, you know, you know, occasionally I'll sort of rant on here and say, if that were to happen, <coughs> I'm out. And that really, I think, in terms of my my interest in international football, often dangles by a thread anyway, and that would be me just out. I just like, don't give a fuck. Just you know, hope that um, hope that no Liverpool players get picked so they don't get injured. Um, and one other thing that I did uh, notice on the subject of things <laughs> that we're uh, that we've we've noticed uh, this week, uh, Matt. Um, isn't it interesting that the return of the uh, the prodigal son? Cristiano Ronaldo, and I'm sure we're all overwhelmed, uh, overwhelmed with tingling excitement at the prospects of uh, his uh, bronzed and, uh, you know. <laughs> no, actually, you know, I think we're all, it's going to be a refreshing return to the, you know, the kind of, you know, the humility and the modesty um, of that man, the understated nature of that man is going to be a well, welcome return to the Premier League. Um, and, an issue about his potential debut against Newcastle this weekend kind of feeds into something we were talking about a while back uh, about the kickoff times and the live TV issue and the fact that so many games were, uh, in fact, every game during the, the kind of peak of the pandemic was on live TV. Kickoff times were staggered to allow fans who um, weren't able to go into the stadiums to watch their, their clubs. And now things are kind of back to normal and we're back to adhering to the old rules. As it's turned out, his first game is going to be a rarity um, for, a, you know, a home game for uh, for Manchester United. That they're, It's not on telly. I think it's, I actually think it's beautiful the way it's worked out. So, so the only people who are going to be able to watch his, um, his debut on Saturday are those that have got tickets to the game and those that watch Match of the Day in the evening. It's a real kind of quite wonderful return to old school football i.e you watch it if you pay your money and get off your ass and go there and if you don't then match of the day is there for you that evening and tough luck but i've seen it has provoked on twitter a an outpouring of kind of uh self-righteous rage from the usual kind of spoil entitled bellends um <laughs> who the same the same sort of people who moan about their clubs not spending hundreds of millions of pounds in the transfer market um, as if they're kind of, you know, it, it, it's it's um, something that should be a, a, a kind of moral obligation to satisfy their urge of what they think they've got, they're entitled to as uh, kind of emotional investors in that club. Um, 
and it's it's a very similar reaction to to kind of this weekend and it really brings into focus how important it is to safeguard the um the spot on a saturday afternoon the kind of sacred spot that is immune from live tv and i know you know people often in order to kind of try and win an argument they'll say isn't it ridiculous you can go overseas and like i can rock up in thailand and i can watch every game and yet i'm in england paying my sky subscription and i can't but that completely and it completely misses the point the reason that I mean, there are a multitude of reasons why the, the the 3 p.m on a saturday kickoff has been kind of safeguarded and protected from live football for um for kind of 30 odd years now since the the birth of the, the rebranding of the Premier League. Um, but, but one of the sort of, you know, the key um, aspects of that is to, it is to protect the tendencies and it is to um, ensure that any kind of, you know, that's the time that all games kick off as, as a kind of legal requirement. And in order to broadcast that game live, you have to pay for the privilege and then move the kickoff time away from them. And there's, and there are, designated slots those that watch it overseas obviously wouldn't have the option mostly on the whole i know you do get lots of people who travel over from various parts of the world to to see football um and some on a regular basis but m- most people don't so probably what i know 99 percent of people in premier league football grounds are are uk based um and have traveled from parts of the uk to watch their game so of course if you're if you're overseas the same concerns aren't there about kind of protecting the sanctity of the three o'clock uh, it doesn't matter so much because you wouldn't be able to go to the game anyway um there were also i mean some guy tried to flag up again to get us some twitter followers uh one i i um i retweeted um a thing from gary lineker um about this guy so it's a guy a guy called dale johnson yesterday it was like a it was about a 15 point thread of explaining to the numbnuts out there why Saturday at three o'clock is so important. What you know, to, to, so the aim of it was to kind of eliminate the delib- well, often deliberate. Most people's ignorance is deliberate, isn't it? Willful, willful misunderstanding of the point um, and to kind of explain in and in, in real clear bullet pointed terms why it's important why it was put in in the first place comparing us to other countries etc why it's important for not just top division but actually significantly for lower league football why it's important for match tending fans um to be able to uh, arrange things like uh, travel and if necessary accommodation etc um and it was really really good so this guy is um called dale johnson i believe he works for espn yeah so he's an editor at espn fc uh and i think he's just a bit of a kind of what what they would call in cricket a badger so someone who's kind of very detail obsessed um and so that does a much better job than i ever would of kind of defending the saturday at three o'clock but i just think it's brilliant because i mean sky and bt as well must be like losing their mind that that the 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 herald this heralded return of the the bronzed modest one um is not (laughs) is not going to be so they can't trail it for you know the week building up to it uh you know the only people who are at the first site other than illegal streams and of course you're always going to have you know again the same bell ends out there who are going to be oh but i'll watch it on illegal streams so i've got the last laugh yeah good for you 
Good for you. Well, well done. Well done for a completely, you know, undermining and threatening the uh, structure, the funding structure that allows the football to be of the quality that you think you have the right to, to see in the first place. Yeah, well done. Good, good luck with that. Yeah, con- congratulations. Um, but the majority of people will see it for the first time on match day, and that's fantastic. Um, um, so that's that. But that has made me smile. I must admit, watching the uh, the, the the outrage of, of some of these. Uh, some of these fucking people. Yeah, I just, I was just while we we were having some internet issues, I was just reading some of your retweets, and one of them was about the Liverpool third kit. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, up to the standard of all the other awful shirts not produced for Liverpool since getting the contract. Oh, for the days of MB. <laughs> Absolutely, great, great impression of me there, Matt. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm actually you. Oh, we do have a follower, and it's you. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, well, if you want to, okay, it's a little bit of a niche point, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> Liverpool have today released yet another. Um, uh, you know, don't even know how what to describe it as really an entirely unnecessary further attempt to you know wring some cash out of uh, out of uh, already squeezed fan base by bringing out a third kit that they'll only that will only be a kind of an active kit for uh, a maximum of eight or nine months uh but won't be any cheaper than either of the two kits that are already out and will only probably be worn three times in the whole season mm. and kind of look shit but then i shouldn't be surprised by that because since uh um nike have been making kits for Liverpool. Pretty much everything that they've made has looked like a, uh, a kind of, you know, poor quality mid-90s under-11s team kit. Um, and it's fucking awful. Um, and it just <laughs> kind of feet it's, it's quite handy, actually, because it would have been awkward for me if they'd suddenly produced sort of beautiful, <laughs> elegant, classy kits because I've always disliked them as a brand. And it makes that continuation of that animosity <laughs> much easier, easier when they, they're just churning out shit that I wouldn't wear. I mean, I stopped buying, um, you know, I, I, I think I, well, mainly, I don't know whether it's because of age or whether, you know, you come to the slow realisation that, you know, supporting a football club doesn't, you know, you don't show your support by a football club by, you know, giving Nike £75. Uh, that's, that's, that's not what kind of gives you the badge. Um, because the thing is, as well, is one of the things about when um, when Messi joined PSG, uh, you know, supposedly clever people were going, oh, oh, but, oh, it's an enormous amount to spend on wages, but they'll make that back on shirt sales within a month. And that's, that's absolute bollocks, because the way that um, contracts work with um, shirt manufacturers as, as opposed to sponsors is that they give uh, a, an enormous, depending on the size of the club, an enormous kind of upfront fee to the club to for the honour and privilege of making kits for whatever period of time. And then when those shirts, they they then make their money back. So Nike or Adidas or New Balance or whatever, make their money back by selling the shirts. And only, any, depending on the deal for each individual club, it's usually somewhere between 5 and 10% of that actual shirt sale revenue goes back to the club. Most of it is kept because that's how they recoup their initial outlay. So it's a complete misnomer misnomer to think that by buying a, um, a, a a replica shirt of your football club that you're ploughing money back into the club. It's, it's bollocks, you know. And you're 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 basically part of the you're part of the scam if you if you think that you sh- you show your loyalty by buying this overpriced piece of uh, 
what is it made from these days? Like fiber optic nylon or some <laughs> shit like that, you know, like fucking, you know, cutting edge space suit technology or, you know, it's, um, you know, you're just, you're just, you've been conned. They've rebadged it, Lynn. You know, I'm not driving a mini Metro. I'm not driving a mini Metro. I'm not driving a mini Metro. Um, so yeah. So yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's it, not, not, not for me, Jeff. Um, uh, <laughs> The fo- football shirts. You're, is... you're, you're also following the guy that says that. I can't remember his name now. The guy who says, not for me, Jeff. Oh, Chris Kamara. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's funny because when you follow, when you are just trying to. <laughs> are you start... explaining Twitter? <laughs> yeah, but, but, yeah, but what I've noticed, another thing that I've noticed, <laughs> is that when you start following certain types of people, particularly if they've been a pundit on kind of Sky Sports, yeah. you start to get like suggestions. It's a bit like. Um, uh, a, a a comedian that we've already referenced in this podcast who I feel like I won't even say his name because it feels like I'm just banging on about him the whole time. But he once said that he, when he looked at his uh, kind of Amazon uh, recommendations, as in someone who who considered buying this or bought this might also like, uh, and, you know, it, and it will be a whole load of shit. Because on that occasion, he used the example of a book by Jeremy Clarkson. He was like, if you like this, you might also like Mein Kampf by Adolf Hitler. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and, um, and, and it's kind of similar to this, that if you start going down Kamara, fine, but he's very much a kind of, a, you know, a gateway drug. Uh, and before you know it, you're into the, the Merson is the, is the kind of next level in. And before you know it, you're dealing with the, the COVID denier and, uh, and binned Sky Sports Soccer Saturday pundit Matt Letizier. And then it's just a load of, uh, a load of, you know, sort of, old white has-beens on talk sport um and you just think no 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 i mean we could do with some followers but no i'm not i'm not (laughs) i'm not that fucking desperate you know not yet no not not yet not yet but if we have to sell our soul uh to um to um i don't even know what the benefit really would be to having a, a presence on twitter would it get more people to listen to this shit we'll find out we will find. Well, we won't find out because if they double, be... if they double the number from you know ten to twenty, then we're on to a winner. You say ten to twenty. We had when I after the first couple of days of uh, the release of uh, the new se- series of Football yeah. Unfocused last Saturday, within like a day, we had like about fifteen downloads, Matt. So you know that's that's incredible. That's fifteen <laughs> people, and only one of them was me <laughs> and me. Yeah, and you. All right, so thirteen people. In fact, we've had a suggestion. We've had a suggestion just before we started recording this from our uh, uh, our US fan base. So to show that our reach is actually uh, greater than maybe we're modestly uh, <laughs> suggesting it is, we've had a suggestion just before we started recording this podcast from North America, uh, Los Angeles, uh, no less, uh, Matthew, our loyal Los Angeles uh, fan base. But not only that. This, this particular suggestion came from somebody who's actually a, uh, an Australian national. Um, so he's kind of representing Oceania and the continent of North America. That's how we, we are. We are, was it pan-global in our, in our yeah. reach? And uh, this individual has suggested that uh, next week we talk about the subject of uh, football hard men over the years versus modern versions of football hard men. So that's, that's a suggestion. That's what, that's one to consider, Matt. That's a good. I like that. That's good, isn't I, it? Yeah. 
All right, let's space, do that. Let's space. talk about football hard men. I mean, it is, it is an not exact... Now. It is not an, now. No, not now. But it is an exact copy of a uh, Match of the Day podcast that uh, was um, released during the summer um, featuring Gary Lineker, Micah Richards and Alan uh, Shearer yeah. in which they ranked a kind of pre-selected list of 10 legendary, I use the term legendary in uh, annoying quotation marks, um, hard men of the Premier League era, because as we all know, football didn't start until uh, 1992. Um, so, yeah, but we could do that. The trouble is, most of the proper hard what men about... played before um, most people's <laughs> football knowledge um, sort of kicks in. How about legend... Legendary soft men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pansies. Yeah, the, the biggest pansies, the biggest fairies, yeah. And for those, I'm not, I don't mean that is any sort of, uh, 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 no. Uh, no, it's not meant in a derogatory way towards sexuality. It's just an old school terminology for someone who's not up for the scrap. Yeah, yeah. that's what we're going to focus on. Yeah, let's go the other way. The funniest, actually, in football is when somebody thinks they're tough and then kind of gets caught backing down. Um, you know, like you get it loads. Like Robbie Savage was one for doing that, where he used to strut around the pitch, winding everyone up, and he used to kind of like stoke the fire and then stand back and watch it all kick <laughs> off and sort of hide. Apart from one infamous occasion when Dion Dublin just nutted him, um, which was uh, a great moment for all, really. Any. Self-respecting lover of football enjoyed seeing Robbie Robbie Savage get nutted by Dion Dublin. Have, have they ever um, been on BBC Sport together? Those two. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I think Rob. It's funny that though because Robbie Savage will occasionally, well, in fact, quite often get asked about it. In fact, I believe that they'll, they'll, as you'd expect in the modern era, there'll be people out there who. <laughs> Respond to, respond to everything he ever puts on Twitter with, yeah, you got nutted by Dion Dublin. Um, just like with Gary Lineker, they'll respond to everything he ever says. You, you shat your pants on the pitch against Cameroon in 1990. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, yeah, uh, he does get... And I think, I think he's actually still... I'm not sure he sees the funny side of it even now. Anyway, on that... On that bombshell, uh, I think that's more than enough high-level content for uh, this week. Uh, next week, there'll be the return of the Premier League and the Champions League by the time uh, we return. And we've got a beautiful new uh, meaty topic of hard men to potentially discuss. So, really, the sky's the limit. This, this podcast is going onwards and upwards. And do follow <laughs> us on Twitter. F-U-focused. But without a hyphen, it's not like a you know like a Bruno Ungotti. I'm sure you remember Bruno Ungotti, don't you? Uh, which was N apostrophe Gotti, uh, the legendary France uh, PSG and uh, Bolton Wanderers central defender. Do you remember him, Matt? Of course you don't. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs>